You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chest Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I am your host on this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen, if you are new to the show, I just want to welcome you. If this is your 158th time tuning back in, I want to thank you for tuning back in and giving us your time, your energy. It just means a lot to me. And listen, if this is a podcast you derive any value from or you believe anybody else would value from, please do not hesitate to extend it to them, share it to them, share it on your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, what have you, link the podcast. It'll just help generate more awareness and momentum for what we're doing here and who we're having on. And and just thank you, thank you in advance. So we got a special guest for you today. Her name is Monique. Monique, what is up? What's up? Thank you so much. I can't express how honored I am to be here on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this. Um, I, you know, we had this in the books for quite a while and, um, you know, I'm just glad that you and I could come back and reconnect and, and there's some things we want to talk about. And, you know, before, so, you know, as everybody does know that comes on the podcast, I like to save the convo for the mic. And, but you did say one thing that I, I need to talk about because I think this is crazy. It's fascinating that somebody could do this, but that you said you haven't had caffeine since fucking 19. Yes. What not- the fuck? How do you even cope in life without not, caffeine not even the year 2019 i'm talking 19 years old i am now 43 years old believe oh it or not gosh. i know blessed by the good graces of my genes <laughs> however i was diagnosed with mitral valve prolapse at a very young age so it's a loose valve in my heart and i realized my trigger was caffeine People ask me on the daily, how do I function without sugar or caffeine? I tell everyone I'm naturally caffeinated. (laughs) So zero anything with caffeine and not even diet soda that's got 30, 40 milligrams caffeine. Nope. Purely water and bubble water for me. So what will happen if you ingested caffeine? I land myself in the hospital. This is exactly why I can't even go through like a Starbucks drive-thru or anything because I can't trust somebody to give me decaf when I ask for it. Sure. Well, do you even trust... Uh, let's say you make decaf coffee. Do you even trust the caffeine that's coming from the bag that says decaf? I've been very fortunate so far. Yes, <laughs> we're batting 100 out of 100 on that one, but not Man. so much when it comes to going to an actual place. <laughs> well, I guess it's just your body has adapted over time to your and to meet the energy demand that you put forth in your day. You know, I think that I had a client that never ever use lotion ever he's never used lotion he's a man's man you know he's a and i don't think that not by the way i don't think that not using lotion makes you any less of a man i'm just saying this particular person and i'm gonna have him on the podcast he's um, a world-class wave ski manufacturer and actually champion he's a world champion and anyways that's besides the point but what what he did tell me was that he's never, cause I was putting on lotion one day after, uh, after our training session, after I washed my hands and he's all, I've, ne- he's all, I've never used lotion, 
No face lotion, no body lotion, no hand lotion, no no lotion, period. And his hands were softer than mine. And, <laughs> and, and, and he it has a far more laborious job than I do. Like he's making wave skis and there's a lot of hand creation or rather um, there's a lot of hand involved. I don't know how to put We're it. We're not going to say hand jobs. Yeah, no hand jobs. <laughs> And this guy had softer hands than I had. And he hadn't just washed his hands. These are hand, just, hand, just just after weightlifting weights, he had softer hands than me. And so it it makes me question. So I, I thought about this after, our, after he told me. And I thought, you know what? It's probably just because his body has never gotten any exogenous element of moisture. So it's never needed to replenish the oils in his body at a faster rate and or rather turned off the manufacturing mechanisms that cause the oil glands or the glands rather to produce oil in the hands. This is my theory, by the way. This is not factual. You're not a doctor. I don't know, not a doctor. <laughs> I'm just what my theory is on it is that. And I don't know, it makes pretty good sense to me, but I could be absolutely wrong ass backwards. But we're gonna go with it because this is you know what I just think and it I don't know. It sounds completely logical to me. Yeah. In essence, my body is completely adapted and functioning without any of those mm-hmm. outside stimulants. As you're sitting here drinking a bang, <laughs> thank you for offering one to me, but no thanks. I cannot do that. It would just put me right in the ER. Man. Well, I guess um I guess if you don't like I said if you don't use it exogenously, your body doesn't feel the need to stop producing it and it just you go off of your natural homeostasis and what have you so i yes. mean more power to you. i wish i could be that i am not i am i'm fairly addicted to caffeine i think and the majority of the population is <laughs> i think i'm a minority when it comes to this and we might tune out some listeners like oh my gosh she doesn't drink caffeine what's wrong with her <laughs> yeah no they're lost because they're we're gonna lost. talk about some good stuff i'm sure yes we are let's dive in but so you have now we on the issue of I don't want to say ailments, but it is something that kind of, kind of puts you uh, uh, in the back seat in terms of uh, you know living your best life or living your best foot forward every day. But you deal with something, and and this is something that I've known for some quite some time, being your friend. But uh, why don't you tell the public what it is? So for a lot of you out there suffering from any form of IBD, any sort of intestinal disorder, I have what's called Crohn's disease. At this point, there is no cure for it. There are a lot of different treatments. I have seen medical professionals here in our local area. I also was referred on an emergency basis two years ago uh, to UCLA, where they performed very life-saving microbiome therapy treatment on me when I was told I had an 80% fatality rate and I was going to die. And this news struck me so hard and at the core where I started making out my will, started talking to my family, making preparations for my young daughter who's only 13 years old, having to talk to my son who's now just turned 27 but at that time was only 25 years old and saying mom's going to go because here is my body that started poisoning itself pretty much from the inside out. When you've got certain... Um, issues with your gut 
you don't realize how much your gut really truly affects your overall well-being. Everything stems from your health. And we've got all these, and I'm not a doctor either, but I've learned through my medical maladies that our microbiomes in our body, we carry all of these and they're living organisms within us, which is why people hype up probiotics and prebiotics. And they all place a very important part in our ecosystems internally. Um, With Crohn's disease, sometimes you don't feel your best every day. But there are ways that I have found to benefit from this by eating healthy, avoiding unprocessed foods, and fitness, which is why you and I are friends, because we share this very passionate thing about fitness here. And going to the gym for me is very therapeutic. Doing Pilates is very therapeutic. I like to avoid taking prescription medication, which is normally what doctors want to dole out. And I want to feed my body with health. And I just underwent yesterday a very, uh, not, I can't say invasive procedure, but it's a nerve block. And it's something that my pain management specialists have been experimenting with when it comes to people with Crohn's disease and issues along this line. And they pinpoint what's called the celiac plexus and drill in this microscopic, uh, like any woman that's ever had a baby has had an epidural. Hopefully. Poor women, if you haven't, I strongly suggest it because labor is a bitch. (laughs) We love our children. We love them dearly and they're worth it. However, what they do is they go in and pretty much inject this epidural in my back which sends signals from my gut to my brain and vice versa that you're not in pain. You're not in pain. So I can go about my regular day. I can hit the gym between 4.30 and 5 in the morning. I can go on my regular daily walks. I can continue on with life and not feel like this is something so debilitating that controls me. So anybody else out there listening, it doesn't control you. You're not the disease. You, You can do this. If I can do it, you can do it. How did that feel telling your children, your mom is not going to likely be here for much longer? It was the most devastating thing on the, on the face of the earth because every single parent knows you want to go before your kids do, but you don't want to go before your time. And what was even more life shattering was just within momentary weeks of me being delivered this news and uh, waiting very, very anxiously for, unfortunately, the system when it comes to insurance to approve me getting expedited to UCLA, my daughter had some very serious health issues. At this time, she was 10, turning 11 years old and started getting dizzy, started seeing double vision, was complaining of severe headaches and was kind of blanking out if anyone that's ever seen someone have a seizure or something of the likes before it was kind of similar to that very parallel but after doctor visit doctor visit doctor visit we finally had a wonderful doctor who had ironically enough a very similar situation with a young girl multiple years ago like way like 10 or so years prior and it's a very rare case she had a blood clot in her brain, a massive blood clot in her main artery running through her head. 
and she was going to die. And it had started with what they hypothesized was an ear infection. And it traveled beyond her ear and into her bloodstream, infected her brain. So she had a massive raging infection going on in her brain that caused this blood clot. And we had to be emergency transported from Santa Maria, California to Madeira. And when the doctors told me this, my first reaction was, where the fuck is Madeira? It's the middle of BFE, nowhere. It's out by Fresno. Sorry, everybody that's in the Inner Valley out there. I didn't mean to insult you. But here I am on the central coast of California, and they're telling me they're putting my daughter in an ambulance, and we've just got to up and go or she's going to die. Meanwhile, I'm told I'm dying. And how the hell am I going to like save my daughter's life while I'm trying to save my own what life? What the fuck? What the fuck? That, that is, when shit hits the fan, it hits the fan. It did. Obviously, I know what's possibly, potentially coursing through your mind, but it's like, it's your... You're in, I guess this is what it is. You're in fight or flight mode right now. 100%. Adrenaline surging. You're just, you just survival. Yes. Right. And it's probably more survival for your daughter than it is for you at this point. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It, It really was earth shaking. We got to the hospital and they had to perform emergency surgery, cut her head open. She still is living with a tube in her left ear. They had to drain fluid. They had to remove her mastoid bone because they, I think the medical term was mastoiditis that caused this. And then I had to call my family in San Francisco to have them meet me at the hospital in Madeira and sign off power of attorney medical rights for them to make medical decisions on my daughter's behalf while I had to emergency go to UCLA so that they could save my life in order to continue to save my daughter's life. And then we spent the next six and a half months with mom learning how to be a nurse, very petrified of needles, mind you, and will faint at the sight of blood. Had to give my daughter blood thinner injections twice a day for almost seven months. Jabbing your own kid, that broke my heart. But the fact that I took on that authoritative mama bear, somebody take care of my kid, be there so I can take care of myself. It's like the old adage about the oxygen mask on the airplane. You're no good to anybody when the plane's going down if you don't put your oxygen mask on first. So I had to put my oxygen mask on in order to put the oxygen mask on my daughter. And it all worked out and her and I are great and happy. And even though she's 13 and tells me she hates me a couple times a day, life is good. <laughs> what, what, what would it be if a 13 year old didn't tell you that? I know, right? She wouldn't be a typical 13 year old. No. I worry. <laughs> so they say that obviously things happen for a reason, but what, so in that happening, what can you pull from those events that, maybe lend you to think, well, then maybe this happened for that reason. There was a positive attached to it. Most people, including myself, would almost not see a positive. And I, and I consider myself to be, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm optimistic at all. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a realist in most regards, but I would almost 
not want to see the positive as if they're if there, if there even was one because I would just I would be so ridden with um I don't know I don't know you know how to explain it but I can tell you that I would be so I guess irate at the fact that that even happened that I wouldn't even want to I wouldn't want to dispense with anything positive or anything negative it just happened let's fucking move on in life but what can you postulate as the possible positive from this I extracted a lot of positive actually I mean just being alive for one being very grateful very thankful for the fact that I didn't die that I didn't lose my daughter that we're blessed to be here right now going through something that traumatic meanwhile still dealing with ailments and sickness and treatment um, you have to almost not allow yourself to get down into the depths of despair so I just built an arsenal of things to keep me positive. I'm naturally an optimist. So I always want to look on the bright side of things. I always look at the glass more half full. And this was one of those eye-opening moments for me where I thought, oh my gosh, like 2019 was a bag of dicks. It was terrible for her and I both, but we came out of it. And here I thought 2020 is going to be the best year ever, right? Like we survived this, we're making it through. And then COVID hit and the life got flushed down the toilet for a little while. I decided, no, we've been given this opportunity. We've been given a second chance at life in essence. Like God blessed us with this and I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm not going to take a single thing for granted. I'm here for a reason. My daughter's here for a reason. We have a purpose. So I just dug deep into learning about meditation, doing journaling, journaling for gratitude, making sure I appreciate everything on the daily before I go to bed at night. When I wake up in the morning, I'm writing it down. I'm being affirmative in all of my actions and purposeful and listening to podcasts like yours that (laughs) that inspire me and surrounding myself. You know, they say you're the majority of the people that you put in your inner circle and spend your time with really just concentrating on people that bring joy, happiness, like optimism, positivity, and then trying to be that light for people that may need that themselves. And through this journey, I just last year, I lost 40 pounds. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. (laughs) Not like you needed to lose 40. But I look good. You do. Yes. Very healthy. I'm healthy healthy and happy. And that's been a big takeaway from all of this was just being not, just physically healthy, mentally and emotionally healthy and being in such a state where now I just say, bring it on. <laughs> what what you got for me? I got this. Well, you became so much more refined and resilient as a, as a byproduct of going through these things. I mean, not to, it's not to say that you would have chose these things to go through if, you know, there are the option to not, but it's the fact that you've, endured these things and they're kind of a notch in your belt now you are so much more confident facing other challenges down the road and it's kind of the thing that I I I oftenest perpetuate on the podcast it's not about necessarily speaking these positive words over your life these affirm these affirmative thoughts or having these affirmative thoughts and affirmative uh, words although those have a place it's much more going out and tackling something 
And then when you realize that you overcame that challenge, then you see, you see yourself as more competent to do so with more things in the future. And that develops more confidence. And then you're able to take on more things in the, it's just like I said, it's, it kind of propagates itself down the line. And so those things are what most, if not everybody should do. We should all take on different challenges and they don't look the relativity of the challenge is all subjective to the people. You know I mean? Like you can't ask, you can't ask a, a 350 pound person to go run a marathon, but you can go ask them to go walk a hill, you know, and you start at these, you start at a, a specific level. That's I guess, uh, analogous to where you're at in life. But I'm, you know, the fact that you have this now under your belt, you're just so much more of a force. And this is something that is the positive that came from it. If nothing else, the fact that you're God's developing some type of strength within you to take on possibly something down the road that you have no understanding of. Maybe it's going to happen when you're 48, 49, and you're going to, you're going to go be immersed in this thing that you need to, climb your way out of. And if you didn't have this as kind of a trial, uh, so to speak, and I don't mean to put a pejorative on what you went through, cause it's definitely not that uh, you went through a tumultuous experience, you and your daughter, but maybe you needed that for what's ahead. And that's probably the reason why everything works out the way it works out in life. Right. Um, just makes you a little more fearless as you go through. Absolutely. Day by day, you realize, oh my gosh, I actually got through that. In the moment, you're wondering, how the hell am I getting through this? But you do. And that is just amazing. Because what's you the realize option? you can. Exactly. What's the alternative? Mm -hmm. There is no alternative. It's, you know, do or die. Literally in our situation was do or die. And yeah, I know that there's going to be a lot thrown at every single one of us all the time, but having this mindset now after experience this, I, I'm like, well, shit's just going to happen and let's roll with the punches because can it be any worse than that? Knock on wood. <laughs> Knocking on wood. Is that wood? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not touching Justin. It was the leg on the table. <laughs> you mentioned that you know, you have these, this way about you now where you have kind of a mental health routine, so to speak, where you listen to specific people and that help to bring more positive to, positivity to your life. And you help you do these things for yourself, like working out, fitness, eating well, uh, putting these things in, in, in place and almost as a routine in life. And you mentioned something about having, uh, you know, like having specific people in your circle, so to speak. And I think, and I want to touch on that because a lot of, I think a lot of people think that they need to be accepted by a wide array of people or they need to have a lot of people in their corner to feel good about themselves or to feel like, I don't know, just to feel like adequate. And I think that could be, that's the biggest perpetuated fallacy that's kind of self-induced in all of us. You don't really need a lot of people. You need like a handful of really good, and sometimes that's even too much. Me, myself, I have probably two or three people in my life that are going to be with me to the day I fucking die. And these people have proved themselves to me. They have, they, now look, I have, there are other people outside of that spectrum 
that have a place as well. But these, these few people that I do have, they are, they are going to be there for me no matter what I can dispense with them in a very transparent, like denuding way almost. And I know that there's no judgment. There's no anything. I can also tell them any of my successes and they'll be fucking genuinely happy for me because they genuinely want to see me do good. And you have people in your life and you're the same where they genuinely do not want to see you happy. They genuinely could give a shit about you after they go to bed, when they wake up in the middle of their day, they only, they, they don't, it's not that they mean, mean you harm or they're malevolent people. They just don't really care. And so these are the same people that we're trying to, we're trying to gather in our corner. We're trying to be accepted by, and for what? We don't really need that many people. And I think it's evident in times that we go through trial or or tribulation or challenge or trauma. We realize that we realize, look, man, honestly, I don't really need anybody but my parents. Like, and if I just have my parents, I am a hundred percent good. I'm taken care of. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilled. You know what I mean? That is so, a super blessing. It truly is. You're blessed to still have your parents. I just recently lost mine. So that's been a whole nother issue. But I feel with on the grasp of what you're talking about, social media and social society right now kind of perpetuates this compulsion, this compulsion for acceptance from people on such a wide scale that don't belong in your tribe. You know, it's all about likes and how many views instead of who, like you said, are going to be there if you need to make a phone call in the middle of the night? Who are the people that are inspirational? Who are the people that want to see you thrive and succeed? Who are the people that check in with you to make sure you're okay? The people that truly matter, it is very imperative that you surround yourself with the right core tribe of human beings. And that, that has been very big for me. Is sometimes it takes some weeding out in your life. Sometimes you just have to, you know, do the dirty laundry, throw out the trash. Not that anyone is trash, but do they really care about your well-being and are they, not to say in a selfish way, beneficial to you, but are they feeding you positively or are they draining your energy? Because there are a lot of energy-sucking vampires out there and that's not the karma. That's not what you need to prosper in life and that's not good forward thinking. And bring in the healthy core, bring in the healthy people. And I love my tribe. So what did you do that kind of reinvented who Monique was or is now currently through the exercise? Give me some of the the context behind what you started implementing in your diet, what kind of fitness regimen you follow. Give it to me. Okay. I'm going to pretend like I'm on the Grammys. And first off, I'd like to thank... COVID. (laughs) A lot of people gained the COVID-19 air quote pounds where I dropped the 40. I looked at this as a beautiful opportunity. Here I was completely uprooted. I've got this great job at a beautiful office working in real estate and like glamorous Pismo Beach, California. We live where other people paid a vacation. We're super fortunate. And we're told, 
pack up your computers, pack up everything, go the hell home. There's a pandemic. And I'm sure everybody feels this because we all have been living through it and still currently are to some degree. And I thought, oh my goodness, am I still going to be able to work? Are we going to thrive? And fortunately, I work with a phenomenal team. They are of my core of wonderful people that I feel blessed to be part of my tribe. They've been very pivotal and inspirational for my self-growth and introduced me to even listening to podcasts, introduced me to reading more books of thought leaders, inspirational people, people that are very successful and learning what their routines are. So I wanted to emulate that and said, I'm not going to be the couch potato that's going to sit here and no offense, anybody who binge watched Tiger King, but I did not do that. I didn't Netflix and chill at all. (laughs) So that being said, I took this time out as an opportunity to immerse myself in Pilates Since gyms were closed down, I thought I can do these things on my own floor, in front of my work computer at home, on my lunch break. Wow, look at me now. I don't have to like go hustling through a drive-thru and eat crap food on a quick break. I can cook my own healthy food at home. So here I was being very mindful about my diet, started, this is another great thing, not that COVID was great, but some good things came out of this with, you know, home delivery services and getting fresh produce delivered to my house. And I love supporting local, you know, shout out to like Tally Farms. They're wonderful. I enjoy their farm boxes. So eating clean has been a benefit to my gut and my Crohn's disease, but it also has been a benefit for my household, my daughter getting great three home cooked meals a day, all healthy food, not processed, not crap. And then just diving into what is it that I'm learning from all these resources that I, I guess just felt too busy otherwise before to know that they existed and learn from the best and try and emulate that and say, how can I introduce this into my own life? How can I better my world for not just myself? I'm looking at my children too. Like, what can I do? And it's enriched me too and brought me to a platform where I'm at in my work career. I'm, I'm clear. I'm clear on my goals. I've got a very focused mindset now because all, everything's been decluttered. And I love that I can move forward in this great direction and know that it, it came out of things that weren't so good. You said that, you know, not that COVID was good and, and this, that, and the other. And, you know, I know for a lot of people that's accurate. It's an accurate statement to say, but for a lot of people, it, it made a, it made identifiable things in their life that they could change or that it put them in positions where they had to change. And like that, that when you're pressed with a, with a, with an option to either do or die, that's when people make the decisions that better their, their entire being on a, on a, on a whole nother level, you know, and we live in a life where we're never posed that question, do or die. It's never that serious. But certain things in life, you should take that seriously, right? Like you, it should be a do or die. Like 
I know a lot of people like to say this, this phrase of burn your boats, meaning don't have any backup plan. This is the only plan, plan A, no plan B, C, D. And that makes, that makes a lot of people fearful. And also it makes them think, well, that's not, that's not smart. That's not strategic. You should have a plan B, C. And the problem with that logic way of thinking is, although I know where you're coming from, and I don't mean you, Mo, I mean just people in general, it allows you a cushion and that cushion can be detrimental to your purpose. And that is the sad story at the end of the day that you didn't fulfill the purpose because you had a cushion to rely on and that cushion was actually causing you the to fall back on, on let's say, let's just call it means that you shouldn't have because you, you weren't pressed to do or die. It was, you had this comfort and you had this cushion and because of that, you didn't do what you needed to do because it's like the same thing when people have a lot of money, they go into stupid business ventures more often than not because they have a lot of money. So it's like, would you have made that same decision if you were sleeping on your buddy's couch, eating Mac and cheese or top ramen, penny pinching everything you had to create this business that you had a vision of you wouldn't have, because you, because you wouldn't have, you would, you would have not needed to be so strategic because you have so much money. You can feel like, well, I can lose a hundred grand and down, not mean anything, but that's where we have to just, we have to refocus and realize sometimes we need to be in that threat level that we need to have that threat level immersed upon us to make the right decision because if not we make stupid decisions or we make cushion we make decisions based on our cushion or our comfort and so being in the position that you were in that was so good for you it was so good for your reinvention of of the new monique that we know and we see today it's like that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for that shit. Exactly. It kind of took, like you said, just getting out of the comfort zone. You got to take the training wheels off sometimes and just go with it. How else are you going to learn to ride? And this opportunity, I, you know, like I said, it wasn't great for everybody. And I experienced some real tragic things. Like I mentioned loss of a parent during COVID, not due to COVID, but you, um, have bad situations and learn a lot coming out of them and you can't just have that super cushion you can't just run sucking your thumb to mom and dad because one day they're not going to be there anymore and I do however advise everyone to have a financial safety cushion (laughs) always have a backup plan for finances you want to sock away in case of emergency because it does come in handy because emergencies happen but I emerged out of my emergency that's going to be the title right there. I emerged out of the emergency. <laughs> right? I know. That's a, that's a good one, man. Emergency. Such a good one. When you went, when you started the, when you, when you understood you had Crohn's disease, because I want to get back to that. What was the first thing when they diagnose you? Now, people think Crohn's disease is something that they see on you know, it is, and it's, and it, they think it's, I think they put a place of pejorative on it because it's, it's fairly widespread to some degree. And you see these commercials about medication 
uh, to battle Crohn's disease. You know, these, these, uh, very, very cheesy commercials. The big pharma cheese ball. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and so they kind of don't see it as anything. Some people, but when it hits you, it's a different story because it's on you and you care about yourself the most. Absolutely. This has been, uh, I'm glad that you actually brought that up to light because Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, IBD, IBS, these are silent diseases in the visual of most people. You look at me, you don't see a disability. You don't see anything wrong with me, right? Like I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm doing fine. I'm not crippled. I'm not laying up in a hospital bed, but the symptoms can be debilitating. And most people don't understand like how bad it can be and how frustrating it can be at times. It's one of those things where I have a fear of not being in close proximity to a bathroom because heaven forbid I need to shit my pants because that happens. It happened yesterday after my freaking procedure when I had my nerve block. I was like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. No, that wasn't SpaghettiOs. I shit my pants. So just straight from the chest here with Justin. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, transparency is really because important. Because girls shit, guys. Okay. We poo and it stinks. Yes. Just so sorry, you know. Sorry to, to burst your bubble, men. It doesn't smell like roses. No. Unless you get the poopery spray. (laughs) And I don't know what I'd do without that. You know your friends and your good tribe love you when all of your birthday and Christmas presents are pertaining to bathroom products like poopery (laughs) and assweepes, you know, the nice cushy tushy wipes and things of that nature. So thank you, friends. (laughs) When COVID hit too at work. I've got the admin going into the storage locker with all the backup toilet paper. And they're like, oh my gosh, Mo needs the toilet paper. (laughs) So there is this, you know, like urgency and fear, like fear of traveling has, I'm so adventurous and really, especially after everything I've gone through, don't want to miss anything. I've got FOMO, like nobody's business. I want to get out there. I want to see the world. I want to meet people. I want to engage. I want to soak up everything that I otherwise didn't even think was something I had to do before. I was complacent. I was very happy, but didn't realize at the time I was stagnant. And now it's like, oh gosh, how am I going to fly on an airplane and not have an accident? How am I going to do this, that, or the other? But through managing with nerve blocks and everything, I like, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to make excuses anymore because excuses are like assholes. Everybody has one and they all stink. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you've been, you've been listening to the podcast way too long. I think. Have I? Yes. Like- <laughs> oh, I, I love your podcast. I love everyone you've had on board. I'm so happy you're actually introducing guests on the podcast. I, you know, it's been a long time coming. I've been wanting to do it for quite a while. Um, I just had to figure out the, uh, logistics behind it. And, um, I think you're doing great. Thank you very much. Um, you know, the, the reason why I say is because a lot of people, I I talk about in so many words, not having excuses and, you know, a lot of people the the, the excuse, I guess we'll call it a, a, a pandemic. I like it. It (laughs) plagues so many people. And it's fine if you want to be mediocre. It's fine if you want to just be regular. But 
because, and the reason why I say it is because regular people, mediocre people make excuses for not leveling up or to not adopt specific challenges that make them a better person. Now, the challenge in your case, I don't wish it on anybody. Me either. I don't wish it what, especially in tandem with your daughter, the same time that is horrendous. So I don't, I don't wish that on anybody that you should, you know, but here, what I'm saying is it could be as small as working, like making a commitment to yourself to work out three times a week, whether that's 45 minutes, an hour, whether it's with weights, Pilates, yoga, like doing something active with your body, but making the commitment to yourself every week, you do three times of that specific style of workout or exercise or break it up, do a, a myriad of things, you know, weight training, Pilates, yoga, etc. like whatever keeps you consistent, but the excuses come because it's something that is hard. It's, and maybe not might not be hard to you or I, but to somebody else that's never exercised and is used to just getting up, going to work, coming home at five and plopping down in front of the TV with a Bud Light and watching their favorite program and then going to bed and doing all over again, that's hard to them. Like they just don't, it, it takes effort. And it does. It the, starts with one step, like just getting out of bed in the morning and saying, I'm going to do 20 paces back and forth, or I'm going to go walk up and down the stairs. Hey, that's great. You can get apps that track your steps and movement, and that can be a motivator. You can get an accountability partner, which I have and have wonderful friends that decided to go on a hiking journey with me. I want to get out in nature and it gets you fit and active and we can walk the coastline. We can walk the beach. We can go on the beautiful trails out here on the central coast. Anything just you, especially when you're not making it a task, not something that you're not looking forward to. It's about just making the small movement first, building up from there. Like you said, get it on the calendar. I'm making a commitment to myself to better myself on these three days a week. Even start with just one. Start somewhere. Start with one. Um, The littlest thing that you start putting into motion works like a domino effect. You line them up and you knock that first domino over. And before you know it, you've created this spiral that just perpetuates and stays in motion. And coming back into that, you got to have accountability. So whether you're looking to your parents, whether you're looking to a friend, whether you're going to a fitness guru as yourself, someone that's going to say, Hey, you're doing great. Stay the course, stop the excuses because what's the alternative of the excuse? Poor health, landing up in the hospital, having a heart attack, getting diabetes. Like, do you really want that? Think about where you want to see your future but you have to tell yourself in that moment, what I'm doing right now is what's going to make that future a possibility. Well, the sad thing is, and I agree, the sad thing is though, is some people just don't care enough about themselves to make those, to enforce those habits upon themselves. And it's because their standards are low and you got to have higher standards for yourself at the end of the day. You just have to, even if you don't think you're capable of much, you're capable of more right now. You just have to have higher. You have to raise the Absolutely. fucking bar. Raise the bar. Have the fucking movie. <laughs> and it's just, it's but but when you're saying people just like they they 
they, they're going to end up with diabetes. They're going to end up with a, a metabolic disease of some sort. You know, most people just don't care because the momentary gratification is everything that they're after. It's like we talked about earlier with the likes and the comments on Instagram. They don't really care what they're, what they're, they don't really care what they're promulgating on Instagram. They only care about what is the aftermath. The aftermath is the likes, the comments, and I get built up and I see myself as now worth more because I have now I got 2000 likes on that photo, 3000 likes. I got, I got 700 comments. And so to me, that makes me feel like I'm worth a shit now. But you do something like that, just sitting in your bed, eating a bag of Doritos. You know, mm-hmm. and that's not good for you. <laughs> no, it might taste good. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Well, talk about taste good. We're gonna we're gonna have a Super Bowl party this <gasps> coming up. Okay, so why is Super Bowl not this weekend, but it's next weekend? Because they do Pro Bowl, so you got to do the Pro Bowl in preparation uh, for. Super I thought Bowl. every Super Bowl was on the first week of February, though. No, they change it. It's like kind oh. of one of those things. Like Thanksgiving is always on like the third Thursday, yeah. and the date changes. It's just okay. whenever they choose and decide. It's the NFL. We've got no control over this. Well, we are, <laughs> we are not eating healthy on that Sunday. I don't blame you. It's okay um, to have cheat time too. So, like, you and I both probably have our indulgences. They're, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, shut I the front door. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Everyone, Justin lies. <laughs> What's your indulgence? Oh, my gosh. So, um, I like cheese. Oh. Give me cheese. <laughs> yes, 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 and more yes. I try and avoid gluten like the plague, but if you give me nachos, I can't refuse. Them. Oh man. Are you going to have nachos oh, at your Super Bowl nachos. party? No, but okay. we will have, <laughs> I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I did put in an order for, I love seven layer dip and the chips and dip and all that oh, stuff. Okay. Yes. But apart from that, that's just like, you know, just, you know, finger foods in the beginning, but then I'm going to do it traditional. I've never done it this way. I'm going to do traditional where we do sub sandwiches and pizza and we just, and, and a lot of that shit. And then, you know, cookies, cake and all that. But so I'm, and I'm, I, I want to do the shit stuff. I don't want a gourmet sandwiches. I don't want gourmet pizza. I don't want like good, like, you know, if you're native to this area, you know, Klondike's is really good pizza. Oh, Palomace so good. is really good pizza. I'm doing the shit dominoes i want <laughs> dominoes you want that i just want i want to see that dominoes guy roll up in his car with the domino thing on and he'd come with down my driveway with the dominoes dominoes I know, I can you pull whole, up right now i'm hungry yes i want that whole experience i want the. i want the. i want to order off the app i want to act like a normal human being that orders off of a fucking app domino's pizza because I don't do that. That's so do healthy that. though. I'm glad that you're saying this because we also need to not deprive ourselves yeah. of these quote unquote guilty pleasures. You have to. And it's like, it's a reward time. Not that you can say, oh, I'm giving myself a cheat day like every Saturday or Sunday because I've earned it. No, I feel like if you're taking care of your health on the regular, you deserve your treats when you want them. Everything in moderation. Obviously, Super Bowl doesn't sound like it's going to be moderate for you. It sounds like it's going to be like a crazy no holds barred. And I hope I get the invite because <laughs> I want some dominoes in my mouth. <laughs> Love it. It's the best. And it just, and it's the more or less the time to release. It is. You know, I'm just, I'm releasing 
any kind of, I put such a stringent, uh, boundaries on myself. So it's, it's taking the, it's, it's just removing the boundaries. Uh, and, and that to me is freedom that the fact that it may not be to most people, but ordering off of the Domino's app and just ordering and having it sent to myself, it's like removing the boundaries because normally that would never be an option in my day-to-day life. It's just so almost like I'm a regular person. You are a regular person. I know we're regular, (laughs) but I don't, I don't eat regular and I don't train regular. You're very conscientious. Yes. And, and I almost don't want to be. So this is a time where I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm allowing myself to not be, and I'm taking, I'm removing the restrictions, the I'm barriers. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> you guys all just heard it here. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to feeling like a, a piece of shit on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are we all taking the day off the Monday after Super Bowl? Should that just be a national holiday? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I could call my clients out right now. Oh uh, I don't gosh. think I will though. I'll probably just invite just them all it. to the party and y'all yeah. call out together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> it's not their fault if they do well that day and they eat well and they come ready to work out you know it's my job to deliver so you do a great job oh thank you um I don't know man but I'm looking forward to that and uh but how does that you say you're gonna eat but you remove gluten so everything's got gluten in it so how are you gonna navigate that it is a challenge it really is a challenge so there are a lot of great products out there and you can even go to like the food max stores that have aisles now where you can get gluten-free pasta even made out of cauliflower and parsnip. You can, you know, find whole grain things that don't involve gluten, that don't involve flour. You can get your own flour that's gluten-free. I cook with uh, coconut flour and almond flour, for instance, and I could bake just as delicious cookies out of that shit as you can regular bleached have you flour. So trust, I'm a good baker. I'm a good cook. Anyone will tell you I get down in the kitchen. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't like my nachos and my cheats and obviously some Domino's pizza, but even ordering from pizza places, they've got gluten-free crust. You can get stuff made out of rice. You can get things made out of cauliflower because, you know, cauliflower is not just a vegetable anymore. It is pizza. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Blaze Pizza. They do cauliflower oh, crust. so too. good too. Oh, I'm in it. love with that with pesto and sausage and fresh garlic. But that also is not so great for my crowns. You don't want to hang out with me that night after eating that pizza. <laughs> I'm just saying, stay away. <laughs> so you mentioned that it kind of, it kind of limits you to certain events, this Crohn's, you know? It can, yeah. It Well, I'm not letting it limit me anymore. I'm just making sure that I have to map things out so you can plan for it. You can say, hey, I want to sit in this row in the movie theater to be closer to an exit, or I want this seat on the airplane, um, or I'm going to schedule my travels on the road in a car for certain stops like I commute back and forth from the central coast to San Francisco on a regular basis I still have my home and my family in the city and I know it takes me exactly four hours from my doorstep here to my doorstep there and I know who has the best bathrooms on the way and the ones that are open 24 hours which was a little bit of a challenge during COVID because they closed down the restrooms you couldn't even walk into a gas station and use the bathroom and even the fast food chains that are open 24 hours 
closed down. Like everything was drive through. Where the hell is somebody that has explosive diarrhea supposed to use the bathroom at 10 p.m. while driving four hours on the road up the coast of California? Okay, this, I literally contemplated like buying one of the kids' potty training seats to put in the back of my car. <laughs> I was like, do I need to do that like I did when my daughter was afraid to use a public toilet during potty training where I could just sit her in the back seat, she could do her business, I had a gallon of water, I could hose it off on the side of the road somewhere, spray it down with Lysol disinfecting, had the whole roll of paper towels. I contemplated doing this for my damn self. So You have it down. I have it dialed in, people. So, you know, there are no excuses. I know it sucks. I know sometimes you don't feel good. I know that, like I said, this is the invisible disease that people don't see that is very debilitating at times. But you too can do it. You can find workarounds. You can find solutions. And for me personally, I don't want it to define me. And I do not want it to restrict me from living my best life. Amen. That's beautifully said, to be honest with you. What, um, the porta potty in the backseat? <laughs> yes. All of it. All of that, it. That, that, end, that ending point, you know. I love it because the fact that you don't let it define you speaks volumes about your character, about the psychology within yourself and, and, and really your mental space and, and your mental fortitude because, um, because most people would, would allow that to be – they would allow – that to take residence and they would just kind of adopt it as well. This is just an ailment. And so I have to just, I have to now re contort my life in a way that maybe I didn't want to, but I have this because of it. Or I have this, I have this reason to fall back on as to the reason why I'm going to be less than now you're actively saying I'm going to be more than, than you were currently, you know, I, um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you this probably like 30 minutes ago, but we were talking about Crohn's in the very beginning and you mentioned probiotics and and such. So I used to take, I've taken probiotics for years, years. (laughs) Are you feeling any help from them? (laughs) So here's what I have to say here. Here's my, um, my own anecdotal experience. As you know, when you buy probiotics, sometimes in transit, if the, especially if the probiotics have to be refrigerated, they can lose the, uh, the viability of the strains or the cultures inside the back, inside the probiotic to where you get it home. And even though it was in the refrigerator at the grocery store or wherever you bought a health food store, you don't know, but they could be dead when you get them and they, you put them in your fridge. So, you know, I've taken the same brand for years and years. It's, it's, uh, you think I remember by now it's raw. It's, a uh, uh, life. Anyways, raw probiotics, uh, who makes it, um, nature's na- I don't like know. Life, nature, nature, life. Yes. Something, something like, that. like Natural that. Natural life. Yeah. Raw. I know it's this raw probiotics. Okay. So it's in the fridge and I get it at California fresh and I've been getting it for years and just the other. So I went on, um, went on a trip probably a couple months back or maybe a month and a half back. And, um, I, I did two things differently on that trip that I wouldn't do normally if I had been in my hometown, you know, just, uh, on autopilot, right? And the thing, two things were I, I fasted throughout the day, except for a couple of protein shakes, 
So I have a couple of scoops of whey in the morning, which is, it's, it's a pure blend hydrolysis. So it's no carbs or fats, or I'm sorry, yeah, carbs, fats in the protein. It's just a hydrolysis form of whey, a hydrolyzed form of whey, I should say. So it's very, very pure. 50 grams in the morning, 50 grams in the, in the, uh, at lunchtime or after my workout because the general training in the afternoon. And then I did this because I knew I wanted to, on my vacation, eat what I wanted to eat. So I saved my calories essentially for a nighttime. And, and also in the, in the, in the process, I didn't really take the probiotic. And so when I would eat this and when I ate, I ate like shit that I didn't, I, I ate like Cheesecake Factory or I went to like, um, I love them. <laughs> oh yeah. They're the best. Or I went to like a, you know, um, a Mexican place, had burritos, something like that. So I just allocated all my calories to the end of the day, but I wanted to feed myself something for, you know, for my workout and to refuel after the workout. So I just had the protein shakes intermittently throughout the day. So not a full flask or anything, but what I noticed was when I did this for this about the second week or so I did this and I didn't have the probiotic, my skin looked better. And with or without the without, probiotic. Really? And my and I it was e- it's easier to get leaner this way for me or to stay conditioned. And as a as a former competitive bodybuilder, it's always in the back of my mind to always keep a certain physique always. So I noticed that, that this style of eating or fasting was easy. I also stayed more mentally sharp. Uh, so not only for my clients, but for myself or on the podcast, etc. So then when I would have the meal at nighttime, um, and so now fast forward, I'm back at home. I'm still doing the same procedure, no probiotics, just the the protein shake in the morning, protein shake after I train. And then I fast until I eat, which is around eight o'clock at night. And I have my big meal at night and it's about, I don't know, 1500 calories or so. So I'm in a steep, pretty steep deficit for me, but it's not impairing at all. And I'll wake up the next morning and I promise you my skin looks better than it did before with probiotics eating regularly four small meals a day or four regular size meals a day. And I think I'm not going to say autophagy because of autophagy, because that's another argument in and of itself. But I feel which for those of you who do not know, autophagy is essentially, um, the, the body's way of eliminating cells that are just that are not worth a shit. And there, so it's, it's basically cell suicide for the ones that are just kind of, not really, uh, that need to be died off. They just get, it cleans up your, the, those, those shit cells. We'll, we'll just call them that. We'll call That's, them shit cells. <laughs> so, um, and there's a more, there's a more, uh, politically, put way of saying it if you want go google it but that's basically in a nutshell what autophagy is so i don't know if it's from that or if it's just from you know my body during the fasting state is going through different enzymatic processes that are that otherwise wouldn't be apparent if i kept feeding myself kept letting insulin rise per the meeting or per the for the feedings and or if it's the probiotic taken away. And I will tell you this, I had a couple of like 
things on like uh, they they looked like they were pimples, but they were never go away ever, and they were on my my. Uh, the, it's like cystic acne almost. Oh, where well, it's yeah, like, and it's like I thought it was a, a ingrown hair. They look like ingrown hairs, so they would they never would go away, and they were in my beard, so you can never see them because I always had scruff. And but when I would shave, I hate having to shave my beard. <laughs> <laughs> when I would shave, I would see them. They would reemerge, and these these motherfuckers would never go away. When I got off for probiotic. They, they went, went away. away. That's so interesting. I'm going to have to like dippity deep dive into some research on that. Because obviously there's going to be something for someone and not for the other person. Mm-hmm. Everyone's body responds very differently. And you're going with, you were going with those very live active cultures of probiotics. Sometimes it takes a balance of pro and pre in mm-hmm. conjunction with one another. And that's why those can even have adverse reactions with antibiotics too. All these biotics. Biotics are something I like to dive further into when it comes to what you experienced. I just know for my benefit and my overall gut health, I've noticed a difference, but I never really paid attention if it made a difference in my skin or anything. I just go based off of my overall feeling. I feel healthy. I feel more regulated. I I feel better. So you had a polar opposite experience from me. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there where they're like, it's not for me. I know for me personally, it is for me. I always um, advocate for everyone. Talk to your doctor, see what they recommend and give something to try. And if it doesn't work, then don't do it anymore. (laughs) Why do you keep your hand over the flame? It hurts. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Dummy. No, but I, I, do, I will say this. I think if I went back on the probiotic, I wouldn't notice anything different. But getting off of it, I realized that maybe I just don't really benefit from it. Apart yeah. from everything else that I do in my diet that's good. You do so much though. I don't You're know. You're on such a healthy regime. You've got I'm it. not that healthy. Well, I'm you are just, ordering like, dominoes and stuff. I just, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just eat a lot of, I'm a meathead. I like protein. I like carbs. Protein's good for you. I like... I just eat my meat, my starchy vegetables and my fruits and protein. And I just train like I'm fucking maniac. And that's not really that healthy. But I mean, but it you is. But you look good. Not, oh, thank you. <laughs> it, it, it is healthy, I guess, compared to what some are doing or not doing. But I mean, and I don't drink or smoke. And that's probably a, another, that's huge. another thing. That's um, huge. But uh, enough about me. I want to talk about you. Now, also. You, this is something people don't know. You used to basically be the star of a uh, Central Coast. What was it called? Central Coast. It was a show on the Central Coast, and you visited <laughs> different me different businesses and restaurants. And you interviewed, you know, business owners and everything. And that was um, that was several years back, right? So yes, I actually. Um, stopped filming for Central Coast Now TV with Noble Productions four years ago when I took the leap of faith and left my two-decade career of bartending to navigate my way through the real estate industry and said, I've got to put my best foot forward in this and stay focused. So um, I still dabble here and there in filming. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to show you some things off the mic that I'm working on that I'm sorry, public, I can't disclose to you just yet. However, um, I had some local TV shows. What we did was, 
like Justin said, it was 100% promoting businesses, venues, events here on the central coast of California. I had a few different TV shows. I had a wonderful co-host for one on the go with Tony and Mo, my Tony boy. He's a New Yorker, boom, how you doing? We're in the Kangol hat type of guy. Like just awesome Italian stallion. Love the shit out of Tony boy. If you're listening, I love you and I miss you. And um, then had Wine Down 101, which focused on wineries and tasting rooms along the Central Coast, the 101 Highway. And um, Sips and Giggles. because I'm a little giggly and I used to like to sip a lot because as comes with the territory of bartending it kind of made me a liaison of mixology and we would go to breweries distilleries bars anything pertaining to alcohol and I'm glad that I'm not doing a show like that anymore because that brings up another good issue of my consumption of alcohol that I used to have being in the bar industry for so long working the late nights that was a huge pivotal change for me in my life I said I want to be at home with my kid before she gets any older I don't want to be absent at night I don't want to be living the lifestyle where I'm out taking shots until two three four o'clock in the morning and then exhausted and having to make sure that I don't have any alcohol in my system to take my daughter to school the next day like that just was no way of life for me and I said you know it benefited me When it did, it was financially lucrative and it elevated me to a platform with knowledge that I was able to transfer into television and then take that marketing experience from television and apply it into a real estate career in a marketing position that now, yes, lo and behold, I'm getting licensed folks. So I love it. (laughs) I'm excited. That's a lifestyle. Very much so. It is. And even serving. Like yes. the whole restaurant, the gambit of the restaurant in, in itself is a lifestyle for people. It is. And I bow down. It is hard work. Like it's the most laborious job I ever, ever did in my life. And mad kudos. I will never be rude to a server or a bartender. I don't care how shitty they are at serving. I will still even tip because I know sometimes people just have a bad fucking day. And, you know, maybe somebody's parent or friend just died but in that industry you don't even get time off like they expect you to be there and if you are so reliant on the income you don't get paid if you're not there and heaven forbid you don't show up for a shift they'll give your shift to somebody else and then you're without a job like it is a crazy whirlwind of an industry and to put up with that for two decades on my personal behalf I I bow down to everyone still doing it it's not something I ever want to do again well how'd you get out how'd you what caused you to make the move the transition rather and gave you the courage to do it because there are a lot of people that just do not have the courage to leave their bartending position because it makes so much money oh, it and does. it's instant gratification. Then they walk away with two, three, four hundred dollars or sometimes even more oh, yeah. every work. How do you, what would you tell people in terms of encouragement to get them out of that and to maybe pursue the dreams or visions that they do have, but they put on the back burner because this is so lucrative right now and it's so easy. It is so easy. The money comes easily. I mean, sorry, IRS. Yeah, a lot of it's under the table. However, (laughs) I looked at my daughter. I looked at her. And for whatever, in that brief moment, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to blink and miss her growing up. And I'm not about to do that. And if you're in the industry right now and think I'm never going to be able to get out of this, you know, not that it's a rut, but a cycle, like they suck you in 
like I said, you miss a shift, you lose out on money. You lose out on money, you can't pay your bills. And you're like, where am I going to go from here? Think to yourself. And this is what I had to like introvert to myself. And like, in, I, I really had to bring it in where I said, wouldn't it be nice? And instead of saying, wouldn't it be nice? What can I do to make this? To have a job where I could take a paid vacation. To work a Monday through Friday, nine to five. How about having weekends off? How about having nights? How about the ability to join your kid for their baseball, basketball, football practice, cheer, gymnastics, whatever it be, and be present? Like that to me, super mattered. And then voila, you know what? You could also have benefits. That's something that you don't traditionally get in the hospitality industry. You could do more and there's so many different things out there but it just kind of depends on what your passion is what you're looking for um as i mentioned i've transitioned into doing television simultaneously while bartending and was working at three bars simultaneously as well so between that and filming i wasn't getting any time with my kid and that like resonated with me i could bring her along with me filming but i couldn't bring her to the bars so i said nope it's time it's time to make a difference it's time to make a change for very unselfishly even though it required me taking a pay cut initially be there because my daughter only has one mom so you're what you're saying is there has to be some type of imposed threat and the the imposed threat for you was i'm gonna miss my daughter's life yeah i'm gonna miss my daughter's years growing up and the wonder years so to speak exactly and i guess to so for people listening you have to give a shit about more than yourself even though it's about yourself it's about materializing into the most strongest resilient uh, pragmatic form that you could you know build yourself into but at the same time you have to care about what you're going to leave behind in the process and for you it was like I'm going to leave behind my kids wonder years and I'm not going to negotiate with that it was non-negotiable so that's kind of a do or die situation right to some degree I mean (laughs) you didn't you didn't have to adopt that willingly but you did and you're all the better now because of it now you have something to work on to and then you have something that you could actually pass down to your child once you make something of it and I'm making something of it I love it (laughs) Um, we got an hour and nine in. Holy I, wow. I know you, you probably have to go to the bathroom. I so. probably do. <laughs> Folks, it's been real. <laughs> but listen, I just want to tell you that it's been a long time coming since we've been, you know, planning this podcast. And I'm just so glad that you were able to make it and, and, and appear and, and just, and the, what you, what you laid out for everybody I know it's beneficial. I know it's going to deliver value to some people. You know, even if it's one person in Canada listening that has Crohn's and they're relating to you. You win the igloo out there. (laughs) And they're relating to you. I mean, I'm just so grateful for you. So. I feel blessed. Thank you so much. It's been a true honor and privilege. Tell people where they can find you. Oh my goodness. You can find me all over social media. I'm a social butterfly, but, uh. As I said, most people refer to me as Moe, so you can find me Moe in Heels on Instagram and Monique Gilfoyle, G-U-I-L-F-O-Y-L-E on Facebook. I love it. 
All right, Mo. Until next time. Done. Until next time.